To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on The Female Millionaire Show. I'm Midori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. We're talking about people pleasing today, and we're talking about niching down and evolving into the entrepreneurial world and that shift that you have to make and all the challenges that come with it. Because we are here with Ashley Sarver. She is the founder and head of school at Eclipse Academy, which is an online school for now. It's evolved into a school that is for the gifted and profoundly gifted students. So welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah. So I always love to talk with everyone before we hit record so I can hear more about the background. But Ashley, you shared a lot of really important aspects of becoming an entrepreneur and growing a business and being able to adapt and pivot. Otherwise, you're going to sink and disappear, right? And so what I want to hit on, because I think everyone who's listening will identify with this, is you have an online school, which you launched in 2019, I believe. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And so when you said, I'm like, oh, perfect timing, right? We just had a pandemic. So I'm thinking all these students are coming to you, but that was not the case. Can you kind of walk us through what you experienced? Sure thing. Yes. It's it's very counterintuitive to almost everyone I speak to. The assumption is always that it was a, a, a raving success out the gate because of the timing. But uh, we had done a lot of market research in 2018 and 19. I had been um, a head of school, a principal at uh, private alternative high schools in the Bay Area for about 15 years, and then ventured out on my own in 2018 to bring a um, Montessori Waldorf inspired classroom to the online environment. And we were poised to really be one of the only schools out there doing that. But then when the pandemic hit, every single school in the world migrated online. And so we went from really understanding our place in the market and being poised with all our marketing materials, everything, to um, really scrambling to understand what our identity was, when everybody was online. Uh, and so we really struggled initially at first. And it's it's been quite a journey to to find our place. Yeah. And so you mentioned how when you first started, you, you come from the education world, you worked for another organization, private school. You're like, nope, I want to do it a different way. I have a better idea. I understand this. And you know, so many people get into entrepreneurship and because they're really good at something. I hear this all the time. The challenge is, is that they're not educated in being an entrepreneur, right? They don't have an MBA. They don't. It's so what can happen is you become a really good manager. That doesn't mean you're a good leader, right? And so you've gone through what I loved about your, what, what we discussed is how you've evolved. You've had to really face the fact that, okay, this model isn't working how I thought it was going to work, which happens majority of the time. We have to evolve. That's the beauty of small business is that we can, as long as we're aware, as long as we're willing to accept the facts 
and then go and do the research and find a better way. So can you walk us through that a little bit? Some of the challenges that you went through as you're discovering, hey, this isn't working. How do we compete against now the whole world being online schools? How did you adapt to that? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So we're really in our so here in our fourth school year, we're really in what I would call Eclipse Academy 3.0. So it's our third iteration. It's felt like a, a rebirth every time. And the the first version of our school is, you know, here we are a group of experienced educators. Uh, we've worked with all different types of learners. And uh, we said, well, you know, we're really qualified to help everybody. So why wouldn't we help everyone? And so we launched the school saying, we'll customize an education for you, no matter what your goals are, no matter who you are. Um, That really resonated with nobody because no one felt seen or heard and no one identified with being everyone, right? And and I want to stop you for a second. Also, the other thing that you had mentioned is your whole team was spread so thin. Because you're trying to be everything to everyone. And this is so common. Exactly. For those who start out. Yeah, we were spread so thin. It really taxed our resources. It taxed our morale. We were building all different kinds of programs concurrently. And it was just too much. It was too much. And uh, and so then we we took a step back and we said, okay, there this is when we had about 20 students uh, and we lo- we said, you know, there are some students that we're really finding tremendous success with. There are other families that that it's not as good of a fit. What's the difference? And so we noticed that the families that were working quite well were gifted, accelerated students. And so we pivoted to being a school. It was still Waldorf and Montessori inspired, still online, still one-to-one in small group. That didn't change. But now we're working with a specific demographic that we can build materials around. And so it was very exciting to say, how do we take a student who is ready for high school or college level work, but social emotionally, they're still eight or nine or 10 years old and created a whole robust set of curriculum that really gamifies articles from the New York Times or the Atlantic. So takes a silly gamified approach to very um, advanced material. And we said, okay, this is it. We found our thing. We know what we're doing. A year or two passed and we said, you know, we're still not finding success with all of our families. So so what's happening here? We're still spread a little bit thin. What can we do? And about that time, I had discovered a resource that was tremendously helpful to me, um, marketingforhippies.com, which I've gotten made fun of a little bit for. Um, but the, the premise behind that is a couple of different things. One, the idea is that you're not just trying to convert sales, you're genuinely playing the long game and trying to find the best fit. Um, You're also trying to find the, the most specific niche possible. And so through a series of exercises through this website, we were able to self reflect and say, oh, okay, even though we thought we niched and we're working just with gifted and profoundly gifted students, we can actually hone that target audience further. And we recognized that the students we were not successful with were those whose families wanted them to bypass their childhoods and go straight to college as soon as possible. And we we noticed that 
as educators, our values differed from that. And we were looking at the student holistically. We couldn't help it because of who we were. And we said, okay, academically, your student can accomplish that, but we don't think it's in their best interest socially, emotionally, because they're not even hitting the milestones for where they should be now, let alone accelerating in the future. And, uh, and the families that we were finding tremendous success with were the ones that really appreciated that we were honoring the playfulness and the silliness of childhood, even at the same time that we're providing these very advanced academic opportunities. Um, and a light bulb really went off. And uh, since then, it's been about a year, I've been amazed at just the level of fit because we're screening families differently. We're about a week away from launching a new website that if you check out our website now, you can see version 2.0, which is just for gifted and profoundly gifted kids. If you check in a week or so, you'll see that our tagline will change to be more, you know, along the lines of uh, the school for gifted and profoundly gifted kids who want a full childhood too, is the idea. So, so I wanted to hit on the importance of that. We talk with my clients, we talk about core values and incorporating those in, into your business and why it's so important for a number of reasons. One, because of the staff that you attract. And Ashley, when we were talking, you were saying that that's how all the educators in your organization feel is that we need to address one, we need to be educating these children that get bored in a traditional school, right? We need to be in, stimulating them, right? But they're also kids. And so we want to honor that. That's important to you. So what's great is that, yes, now the people that you're attracting to work with your organization have the same core values. On top of that is that the messaging that you're putting out there is consistent so that you are attracting those parents who are like, yes, this is what we've been looking for. I don't need to have my 14-year-old going to Harvard. I want them to be well-adjusted um, and be able to be that silly, goofy child that they are and be okay with it at the same time, honing, you know, tapping into their, their brilliance, right. Yeah. And honoring that. And, and part of what allowed us to realize that, you know, it was amazing to us how invisible our values were to us. You, it's it, when you're so close to something for so long, you take it for granted and you don't even see it that, you know, it took, parents getting frustrated with us that we wouldn't indulge accelerating too fast for us to even see that those were our values and that they differed from the mainstream. Uh, so it was such an interesting experience to, to have that uncovered. Yeah. And it's, and it's so, so common. And again, I said it in the very beginning, often we come in as entrepreneurs, we have a theory in our head of what's going to work. And they, they, there's a, something called the MVP when you start a company. And that's kind of what you did with your first one. However, I'm sure it wasn't inexpensive to start, but you know, you know, your, your minimum viable product and it's all about testing. It's all about testing. Those who have started a lot of businesses always come from that premise. And on that point, actually, I learned that lesson the hard way. And that would be my biggest message to any entrepreneur starting out is I had made, maybe it was a mistake of reading uh, Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One, which, which is all about do your own thing, be the Steve Jobs, who cares about the market, you're going to be a visionary. And 
we spent an embarrassing amount of money on a website and really had put a lot of money into a whole set of curriculum, which we barely touched in the last four years. And, and so it was everybody and their mother said, don't do that. You have to start with the MVP and you have to really understand what the market needs. So yeah, we, we definitely learned that the hard way. So we launched with that first version. And then after enrolling just a couple of kids, we begrudgingly dismantled the whole website and redid it ourselves that we had paid all this money for. And it was very disheartening. I think the only thing that brought me comfort eventually was that we figured it out and we got on this successful path. And and my dad made a comment actually that, uh, you know, we had paid about what you would pay for an MBA. So I had a similar learning experience. I set myself to to business school, but I did it, you know, in the school of hard knocks instead. (laughs) But you know what? I think that's a good thing too, because as an entrepreneur, you have to build up some thick stick skin. It's just part of it if you're going to be in for the long run. So it's it's all good. And Peter Thiel, he's talking to a, he's, when he wrote that book, he was already crazy successful and he's talking to a certain type of industry. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that's really important is when you decide who you are going to study, who you're going to hire as a coach or a mentor is to look at their background and make sure they really are taught, they understand what type of industry you're in because it's not all the same. And um, so I'm glad that you brought that up. But I love the, the marketing for hippies. Marketing.com. There's a tremendous amount of free resources. Um, I spent about a year or so going through all of the free content before I felt compelled to sign up for the membership. So a lot of really great concepts that have helped us write the ship for sure. And, and part yeah. of it too is that because I'm an educator, I felt icky going into a sales mindset and I didn't understand that I didn't have to be salesy. And, um, and I think we came off desperate at times or trying to be a chameleon in ways that, you know, oh, well, sure, we could do that for you. Um, But yeah, really understanding that the goal ethically is about a good fit. And, and this other concept that was very, very helpful is the idea that you're not selling yourself or even your product, but you're selling your point of view. So part of part of what um, marketing for hippies teaches is this idea of point of view marketing. So when I talk to families now, I would say, okay, well, here's the problem I'm hearing you describe. Here's the solution I would recommend, regardless of if you go to our school or a different school. So it's not selling them on, oh, you should enroll here, but it's here's what I think you need to fix the situation. And oh, by the way, we offer that, but it's up to you. It's coming from more of a service. Exactly. Exactly. Foundation. Yeah. And that's the hippie part. (laughs) And I don't think it's hippie. I think that is people these days are so they can sense that sale, right? They can sense the inauthenticity of someone who's just about the sale. We all are very keen on that now. And those who are more successful for the long run, you may attract someone who's not the right person, but they're going to leave and they're going to make you feel cruddy, right? And so by being authentic and coming from that place where you're being of service, it's more effective and you're attracting the right people. And now that you have the right messaging, 
you have the right product market fit and the messaging is in alignment with that. So the selling also is easier. They already Mm -hmm. understand, oh, she's talking to me. This is what I'm looking for. Now I just want to meet her and make sure that she is still saying the same things and that there is alignment, right? It becomes a lot easier when you do figure that out. Exactly. Yeah. And and the next thing too, that, that I'm going to be focused on is, so we're about to launch this new website that should further help people self-filter um, to know if it's a good fit or not. And then uh, it's it's been made clear to me too, that we need to give people an easier way to try out what we have to offer that feels low risk to them. So I was thinking that a free trial session over Zoom with one of our teachers and a free consultation with me would be risk-free enough, but it was pointed out through this marketing or you know the marketing for hippies group um, that I got the feedback that actually that feels high stakes to people who don't necessarily want to just jump into a conversation with a stranger that can feel intimidating to them, even if it's free. And so I'm in the process of creating what they call um, pink spoon offerings. Like if you go to an ice cream store, you get the free sample on the little pink spoon. So uh, I'm working on a um, an intro 45 minute workshop that I'll offer for free and then have a recording on my website. Um, uh, I'm working on um, some downloadable eBooks that really encapsulate um, our philosophy. And it's all targeted towards homeschool families or families that are looking to enrich the education. So these freebies should be helpful and useful, even if they don't decide to enroll with us. So that's that's next on my list for what to work on in that sense. Yeah. As soon as you said having that one-on-one with you or an educator, I'm like, oh, that's not. And I was coming from the perspective of that's a lot of time, mm-hmm. right? And so that's exactly what I would say is go create something that they can go and do it on their own, get a sense of it, and you can scale it. But what you're talking about actually is a funnel, a sales yes. funnel. Yes. And so that's that's what you're doing, but it works out beautifully. So Ashley, where can where can parents or educators or anyone who's interested in what you're doing, where can they find out more? Yeah, so they can go to uh, eclipseacademy.com. And again, we're going to have a new website in about a week, but the current one does the job as well. And uh, yeah, that's that's the best place to look, I would say. This was a great conversation about authenticity, about product market fit, about sales funnels. You know, how do you do that? How do you create an MVP and, and what's the offer that you can give that's that's low risk? Great conversation, but talking authentic, authentically and real about the stages that we go through in business as we learn more and as we evolve. So thank you so much for coming and sharing your journey. And I know that there are great things around the corner. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope, I hope this is helpful for people. Thank you.